Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm going to take a reminiscent look at the good old days. I'm being interviewed today by my friend and uh, and uh, former colleague, uh, Alan Muir, who was our uh, hockey analyst and editor uh, back in the day and has uh, done a number of hobby jobs. He was uh, working on an article for the Vintage Magazine that Beckett uh, puts out. And uh, for some reason, he wanted to have a conversation with me. And it was about the buying trips, the situation back in the 70s, uh, for me at least, in the pre-price guide days, what it was like when uh, I was a dealer, I was a collector, very active. And I wasn't the only one, but I'd go around and try to try to buy cards. And you put an ad in the paper. So that's what it's about. But first, thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, as well as Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Uh, the, the, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I'm going to let Al, uh, tease it out of me because he's a, he's a good interviewer and I don't think we've exhausted it, but it was an awful lot of fun. And, uh, again, it was the wild, wild west. Again, no price guides. I remember uh, buying cards in Hawaii. I could do a whole separate episode about, about uh, some cards I bought in Hawaii over, uh, the court when my parents used to live over there and I put an ad in the paper. Uh, I put an ad in the, Paper when I was in at uh, Fort Bliss when I was when I was in the Army, uh, and got some a couple of nice collections there, uh, as well as up in Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, West Virginia, um, Pennsylvania. Went up back when I was up there. So this uh, episode coming up is uh, I'm going to turn it over to Al for his interviewing skill, and I'm just going to try to answer the questions for Al, and I hope you enjoy. Uh, if you do or don't, <laughs> I am available at Dr. James Beckett at gmail.com. So uh, feel free to uh, email me with your uh, thoughts, whether it's for a suggestion for a future episode or uh, further amplification of something that uh, has already been done. But uh, just want to say thanks, Al, for uh, for uh, uh, taking time and uh, hope you listeners enjoy it. Uh, so here we go with the interview. Well, you know, we're thinking about uh, the early days of the hobby back in the 70s when uh, obviously there were... Uh, a number of dealers around the country who were advertising in magazines, uh, sporting news, sport and all that, looking to buy and sell cards. But the more adventurous out there, including you, were actually picking up and traveling around the country, barnstorming to holiday inns around the Midwest or the East Coast, looking to buy cards. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that and how that got started? Well, it was a small fraternity. I mean, it really wasn't that many. And when you talk about the sporting news and the, and the, uh, the, uh, you know, kind of magazine ads that, again, we're talking about the early mid seventies. There weren't many people doing that, but I think, uh, again, I'm kind of a math guy. I would say for every person that wants to uh, put their collection uh, in the mail to someone sight unseen through a classified ad in the sporting news, there are 10 that would go down to their local holiday inn if somebody was in their town offering to pay cash for cards. And so I kind of came in on that. Uh, my friend Gervis had, had done some of those uh, sporting news ads, and again, I, I think it was it was uh, it was fruitful uh, for those guys in those days. But it was so much more fruitful to set up in a small to medium sized town or, or bigger town, but certainly the small towns. Uh, the ads in the newspapers. You're going to be at a at a local, you know, uh, interesting hotel uh, that was, uh, you know, understood where it was, and just bring your cards. And what you're hoping for is somebody that said. I have too many to bring <laughs> and that didn't happen very often, but usually throw the cards in the back seat. Uh, again, we're talking about, you know, we weren't interested in cards that were 
from the seventies, you know, it was all, and even the sixties were thought to be not so great, but right. anything the fifties or before. And, and uh, you know, the guys that did that, there was a risk because you, you take out your ad in the paper and, you know, maybe, maybe a bunch of people would come, maybe not many would come, but people, this is pre price guide days. So, but, you know, Kit Young was doing it. Uh, you know, the number of guys that, you know, that would uh, be uh, you know, names that people would recognize from the past. So what were the logistics of this sort of thing? Like you would you would go for a week, two weeks, a weekend, and you just... No, it's almost always a weekend. I mean, I, I guess some guys would do... Uh, Kit Young did a circuit, you know, where he'd go because he was on West Coast uh, most of those days before he was half the time in Hawaii. But when he was on the West Coast... He'd, he'd make a little circuit and he'd schedule it out and and uh, put the ads in the in the local papers and in those days you just would have like a mocked up little display ad you probably would show I would show a uh, you know a, a fifty six tops card or something to to get so that somebody would recognize and uh, or or put a Gaudi card you know you put or even a T two hundred six you depends on um, where you were but you just you wanted to buy older cards. And uh, generally for me, I was a professor back in the or a grad student. Actually, most of this was when I was a professor. So I had weekends off. Hmm. And so you just would go to a, and you'd be there. A lot of times it was one day. Sometimes it was two days, rarely three days. But, um, and then you'd have to reload them. The scarce commodity in those days for me was money. Right. I had a lot of knowledge. <laughs> I had a lot of interest. I had plenty of experience from, from doing that. But you'd have to, I mean, I remember the first one I did, I had to go to a bank. And right. get a loan for a thousand bucks, and I was a young, you know, assistant professor. And they said, "What do you need the money for? Are you buying a house?" And, no, I'm going to buy cards. Car? You want to buy a car loan? No, I want to buy cards. And uh, I paid it back, and it, so I got a one year loan at whatever percent interest it was, and uh, paid it back in two weeks. <laughs> and so then after that, you know, I got, I kind of got, got rolling, but I mean, you just, you had to have cash. That's the right. other, you couldn't say, Hey, uh, there wasn't any, uh, you know, credit card stuff yeah. or write yeah. a check. They, yeah. They'd laugh at you. You'd have to have cash. And, uh, but again, a little bit of cash would go a long way in those days. Yeah, and, and like you said, there were no price guides. There, there was no uh, real agreed upon value for what cards were worth. In those days, a lot of things were selling for pennies, literally pennies. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the stuff that was bought, uh, what would that be? Gosh, that would be 50 years ago. Stuff from 50 years ago. Yeah. You Basically, the prices have gone up by 100x. Right. Stuff that I bought 10 bucks then is worth a thousand bucks now. So, I mean, that's cool, except that you have to live for 50 extra years to have that happen. But uh, again, the cash would, would go a long way. Uh, you didn't want to run out of cash. and rarely ran out of cash. Uh, you know, the, the, the sweet spot that was kind of interesting you're you're from Canada is that the, the bigger cities in those days, like Detroit, you know, up in, in your area, you know, people come from Canada into, uh, Detroit or Toronto, the, the big cities are, were starting to have shows. And so that wasn't the best place because people could bring their cars to a show. But if you were in a smaller town, so not Cleveland, but Youngstown or not, uh, Cincinnati, but Dayton or, you know, not Chicago, but Champaign or Peoria or something. So if you were more than an hour away from one of the big cities, there were still a lot of collectors there. There weren't card shops at that point. I mean, just was a point in time, Al. You couldn't, you couldn't, uh, you can't, I mean, guys are still doing that to some degree. There was somebody that came through here a few months ago doing that, but it's, again, now people are armed with price guides and, uh, but on the other hand, cash is king. So, Give me a give me a sense of what one of those days was like. You you and Gervis would be set up in a hotel room at a Holiday Inn in Champagne or whatever. Would there be like a line of people? What was it like on that day? 
first of all, Gervis and I are we're great, great friends, and we never did that. Okay. Never did that. Uh, at, at point, you know, because a lot of that was, most of that was before I, I moved back to Dallas. Okay. So right. I did stuff with Gervis before I went away uh, to, to Bowling Green, but most of this was when I was in Bowling Green, <laughs> okay. uh, where I was a single professor. I had extra money and extra time. And, but I had, I had different other uh, kind of partners, business partners. It was uh, good cop, bad cop is kind of an oversimplification, but it just was good to have, you know, two people involved. So most of them were, were a couple of guys. Now the trick is, which Gervis and I never had, Gervis and I did buy collections, but it was in the context of, of when I was a part owner of first base, but, and he was super fair, you know, I've always been blessed with great partners, but uh, divvying this stuff up is not trivial. You know, when in those days there were very, it, most of the guys, you know, there's this controversy. Is it okay to be an investor? Do you have to be a pure collector? Well, all the guys that I knew that were doing that had some, a little bit of both. I mean, they, 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 if they were making money on cards, in, in most cases, they were pouring it back into their own collection, but it was, it was, uh, they, these were pretty intense guys that are willing to take a risk. And again, in the pre-price guide guys, you had to know what you were doing. You, you, again, you, you couldn't overpay. You couldn't let something get away. If you'd never seen something and there was no price guide, you said, well, you know, I've been to all these shows and I know I've seen all this and I've never seen this. So whether it's worth a dollar a card or $10 a card or a hundred dollars a card, you just wanted to try to get it and then figure out what it, what it was later. And when you went to a card show in those days, you know, having scarce cards was better than cash. Mm -hmm. What about, um, uh, like any great finds you had, what was the, what was the best thing that ever walked in through the door? Well, some of the best stuff I, I, I told, I had a podcast episode about this, that, you know, one of the best things was an unopened case where I threw away the unopened case. I mean, I kept the cards, I kept the, the wax boxes and the wax yeah. packs and all that stuff. But I got rid of the case box, which was truly rare. worth hundreds of dollars now, yeah. Uh, and the same thing with, uh, I basically, I, I probably, to a fault, was interested in the cards. Yeah. And so the wrappers weren't a big deal. The boxes weren't a big deal. But I had a number of, you know, early Bowman, you know, wax pack uh, boxes that I just literally gave away. Literally gave away. Okay. And it would have been a great collection. So and yet, I kept the cards. I mean, I did fine. But... But, uh, you know, I, I basically kept stuff that I could, that I could, I didn't keep a lot of the oversized stuff, which, you know, T3s and things like that. I, thought, like, I haven't got boxes to fit these. I'll just uh, trade them off. And, you know, again, the, it's, you know, the same penny on the dollar worked against me there. Yeah. So I've heard horror stories as well. I know there are stories of uh, dealers that were held up because people knew that they had cash on right. hand in their rooms. Did you hear any stories like that or were you involved? in? No, we, uh, we, we never got held up. And that's one of the good reasons to have two and to make sure that you're uh, talking to the, uh, that it's a nice hotel, not super nice, but I mean a nice hotel right. or motel, whatever that, that you, they understood what you were doing, not that they were going to provide security, but they, they, they just knew, but we got poached. We got poached more than once in, in a, out of, out of a number of times of doing this, uh, all of a sudden that we'd have a steady stream of customers coming in and then, um, then it stopped and it went out to the front desk to figure out what was going on. And there was a guy sitting in the hotel uh, saying, Hey, I'm the guy, you know, and they never got back to us. Sure. So sure. we complained to the hotel manager in one case, they evicted him. In another case, the hotel manager was convinced by the person who was a local person that we were carpet baggers, <laughs> even though we were coming from across the state, yeah, right. uh, we we're not from around here. And so how, you know, why give them preference? I said, well, we paid for the room. Right. You know, you're sitting in the lobby. And, uh, but the, uh, 
the hotel manager was adamant. And so we wound up getting about half what we would have gotten. You know, so we went out. And so again, with two of us, we took turns, one of us sitting in the lobby and we wound up getting in a bidding war uh, with this other guy. Yeah. It's a big guy. And he was, he was, he was, well, I guess it's statute of limitations now, but he was, he was more of a comic book guy. And yeah. so I said, look, if anybody comes in with comic books or non-sport cards, we won't bid against you to have them. But if it's any baseball cards, uh, you know, before 1960, you know, that's what we're here for. Just let us have that. You can have the other. We're not going anywhere. If there's any collection we don't get, we'll give you the names of the person you can follow up. Because we don't, we're, we're a couple hundred miles away. But that was not fun. I mean, I, I don't like conflict. And like I say, there, there are worse stories than what we experienced. Because, again, people know you're going to have cash sitting there. You're sitting in a, in a hotel room. Right. And uh, bad things could happen. Is to 